I'm Sophia, and this is the ultimate podcast for celebrating all things wonderful about our beautiful island. Welcome to Destination Cyprus. Hi everyone, welcome back to Destination Cyprus and the first of our summer episodes. Before we get started, I wanted to thank you all uh, for your support because we're only recording episode six of the podcast today and our views on YouTube for each one of the episodes are already in the thousands as are our downloads on Spotify. So it's great to see that we're building a community and please do keep sharing the podcast Follow and subscribe on whichever platform you choose because that helps the podcast and the guests grow with the community. Now, I think you know by now that we like to invite guests into the studio uh, when they have in their own way created ripples either in the economy, our society, the way we live in Cyprus, the image of the country. And of course, today's guest is no exception. I met him when he was fresh into university um, and uh, our conversation was based on things that I had seen that made me think okay uh, this guy is very very pioneering a little bit disruptive and uh, I wanted to know more and there was potential for a cooperation and I remember meeting him and thinking he's going to achieve great things So he has his uh, finger in every pie and his finger on the pulse of innovation and change. Stiliane, welcome. Hi, Sofia. It's great to be here. It's lovely to catch up with you after so long. I keep bumping into you, but we never have time for a proper chat. So it's uh, lovely for me to have this opportunity uh, because I think in a sense, which shows my age, obviously, uh, for me, you were the first serial entrepreneur that I came acquainted with in Cyprus uh, of a certain generation and I think you're shaping the generation of entrepreneurs in Cyprus and will shape future ones to come so if you just give me a second to run through your bio I know this is the bit everyone hates but we have to do it so I'm just going to give everybody a little overview of your story so you're a Limassolian which is great uh, brings the conversation closer to home Uh, You studied IT at UCL in London and then entrepreneurship at the University of Cambridge. You started your journey in entrepreneurship at the age of 19. Um, You co-founded Heart Cyprus in 2013, which is is still the most highly followed destination brand in Cyprus. And we want to talk a little bit more about that later. And uh, since then, you've been um, responsible for several ventures under the Heart Group which you founded with your sister and it's diversified uh, across various sectors you're into real estate hotels hospitality you're renovating commercial spaces and residential spaces in Limassol and Athens and then in 2017 you co-founded the Reflect Festival which we all now know in Cyprus as as sort of the largest technological festival technology festival in uh, Cyprus that brings synergies from various people around the world. And then in 2021, you went on to initiate and found Tech Island, which is a non-profit organization with a mission to accelerate growth in the ecosystem. I love that word, the tech ecosystem in Cyprus. And then there's the GovTech company that's helping with software platforms for the government and municipalities and your founding partner at Whitebeam Ventures. So, First question, how old are you? 
I am 32, turning 33 in this September. All right. Well, that's that's a mouthful for a 32-year-old, and that's one of the reasons why you're here. Um, I love uh, the, the the kind of the change that trails behind you. I love that you've almost given Cypriots, uh, young Cypriots. Uh, a reason to aspire to be entrepreneurs rather than footballers or mm. models or accountants. You've mm. kind of pumped some passion into something that, as a quintessential entrepreneur, I don't think a lot of people knew what that was a decade yeah. ago. So over to you. Please just tell me a little bit about this journey. What got you into this I want to say line of work, lines of work, and uh, what makes you stay in Cyprus when you could yeah. be living anywhere in the world? Yes. First of all, I'd like to say that I have also a very rich CV in failures. <laughs> I, I failed multiple of times the past decade, and I think this is why you succeed in some, mm. some of, the, of the activities. So, like, when I graduated in, um, like, in 2014, the first thing I did, I came back to Cyprus because I really love Cyprus, and I think this is where my heart belongs because Cyprus is, is the home, and I think we're hardwired to, to go back home. And, uh, yes, and basically your qu- question was uh, why I came back, right? So, like, for me, like, I knew from, from very early age that I wanted to come back to Cyprus and contribute to my country, and I remember in my years, um, in my school's yearbook, I had once, like, my, ambi- my ambition was to change the world. Or, and if I fail, at least to change the small corner of my world, which is in that case in Cyprus. And that's nice. what I'm trying to do. So my motivation uh, was intrinsic because I really love my country. And I think Cyprus has to offer so many unique things that other countries can offer. Like, for example, the UK. I lived in London for three years, also one year in Cambridge. And in Cyprus, I can do things that I can't do anywhere else. For example, every single day, I take my car, I drive on the seaside road, I go get my coffee, and then go to the office. I don't think you can <laughs> achieve that in any other in other, other country. So um, you said two key things there. Um, obviously, you spoke about failure. Yeah. which uh, I think is a beautiful thing because we grew up in a society in Cyprus that wasn't very welcome to failure yeah. back in the day. So it's great to see that change. And also you spoke about your mission, so effectively your purpose. Mm-hmm. And because you are leading this trend of entrepreneurs, how important do you think that is? Is it something that you would would love if you could to make sure it's part of people's education. Yes. Unfortunately, we, in Cyprus, we criticize failure, but I thought about it multiple of times. I think the fact that our country was invaded 45 years ago made people to seek security. That's why the trend for the past few years was to find a, a stable job in the public mm-hmm. sector, something that is uh, changing now. Um, you know, like I think... Uh, uh, Like, we need more engineers, but most importantly, I always say that we need more entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs are the ones who take action, who are the doers and can bring real change. Uh, And Cyprus uh, had different trends. Like, one was the public sector. Then we had, like, the trend of going and studying accounting or, like, becoming a lawyer. (laughs) And I think it's because everyone also 
the previous generation was seeking security. Mm. We need to like admit that it's not easy to be an entrepreneur and it's not for everyone. However, I will encourage everyone to think more entrepreneurial. I think you're thinking entrepreneurial. It's 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 a mindset. And you, it's okay to be like a 10% entrepreneur, 20% entrepreneur because for me entrepreneurship is uh, specific values and also it's um, it's uh, articulated in the name like of my group of companies Heart. And maybe I can, if you, uh, I can share with you why we call it hard, mm. because it's based on the three H's. The first H is the head, because for me the judgment is really important. Mm. Is where your knowledge come from, comes from, and the decision that you make. And you know, as a group, for us, we want to work on our judgment. And you know, the people working at hard, uh, we're working to improve uh, our judgment. So that's the one, uh, the first H. The second H is the heart because as people were heart-centered we we act a lot based on our intuition as well and it's our passion i believe if you don't love what you do like and if you're not intrinsically motivated then it's the wrong thing that you're pursuing and the third one is uh, the hand which for me the hand is symbolizes the giving back so you give back to your community to your society but at the same time, you use your hand to support someone, to lift him up and shape shape things. And at heart, we really like to, to create impactful ventures. And that's why, for example, uh, our projects in real estate, uh, I call it meaningful real estate because all of our projects are in the heart of Limassol. We're restoring old buildings, listed buildings. We're reviving the, the, the areas. And for me, this is meaningful real estate, which, and I think in all the ventures we're doing, uh, we are, uh, we we focus on making sure that it's impact driven. That's amazing. I'm I, I'm I'm tempted to ask because I'm sure, and I, I completely agree with what you said about mindset. I mean, I I couldn't possibly do anything that I do if I yeah. didn't believe in it. Number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in terms of of marketing for me to be able to market a brand or to work yeah. for a company I have to adhere to the company culture I have to believe in the values of the company and I have to believe in in the brand I cannot sell something I mean maybe that makes me a bad bad marketeer but I can't sell something I don't like or believe in so the the emotion behind what you do is something that I find highly admirable what would you advise to youngsters now who love what you do and look up to you but maybe uh, are lacking the capital or the the avenue to be able to have this independence because it, it you know it's security and comfort zone is something yeah. that is driven down through generations but if you don't feel you have the means sadly it makes you lack the confidence yes like i think uh, we need to be very pragmatic uh, on this one I think like youngsters, they need to understand in order to be successful, but it's very objective success, Mm. how you define success. Uh, But you need to put a lot of effort and it takes time. So you need to work for the long term. And when I say long term, this can be like 10, 15, 20 years. And uh, okay, in Cyprus, when I came back, like many of the business people in Cyprus, they were seeking more of a short term gains. Mm-hmm. We have seen that in the past few years. But uh, I think like the, the first advice, which I don't like to give advices because I think 
they are influenced by my own biases. Mm-hmm. But I think the first thing is that is to have like a long term mindset, and failure is part of the game. Uh, myself, I'm failing every single day, and that's how I'm improving. And I see uh, as time passes by, like I, I with less input, I get more output because you learn and you iterate. And I think the best way to learn is by by iterating, by doing, and you know, like so. This is uh, what I believe, and I think, you know, like uh, in some CVs that we also get at our companies, there's like 10 years of experience, 20 years of experience. But for me, if someone is doing the same thing for 10 years, it's, it's not progress. <laughs> it's well, yeah. not progress, right? So you need to do different things. Even if you're working, I don't know, even as an accountant, if you're doing the same thing for 20 years, that's not progress. So like progress is slow. But uh, and you're bleeding every single mm. day as an entrepreneur. But when you win, you win big, and this will uh, will delay a bit. But eventually, it will come. You see, it's it's that whole thing of we of overestimating what we can achieve in a year and yeah. underestimating what we can achieve in a decade. And yes, it it's it's mind boggling because there's so much available to us now on the internet. I mean, that's a quote I got from a podcast that I listened to. There are podcasts available. There's so much self-education out there. There is so much at the fingertips of of this generation that we didn't have. I mean, you might have had. I didn't (laughs) have. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, we didn't have mobile phones. We didn't have computers at school. So to think now that that people can learn from, from people who have succeeded and failed and take lessons from that is something that's invaluable. Um, so I I love this uh, about um, your website. I had a look and we love entrepreneurship. For over a decade, we've been building heart-centered companies in multiple sectors, a diversified heart-centered group investing in meaningful projects. So there's, there's all these little um, touches of passion. Now, I imagine... Uh, things like the Reflect Festival and Tech Island yeah. are being formed with like-minded people. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about uh, the kind of people you're meeting through these yeah. uh, ventures of yours. Yes, so like uh, Reflect, we co-founded it back in 2018 with my sister again and my f- good friend Dushan, who we studied together, but we're also great friends. And it was a very spontaneous decision to organize an event. We didn't know anything about <laughs> the events back then. So the first event, around 300 people attended, which basically were our friends and family. <laughs> uh, and it was quite interesting because we brought like-minded people together. And when you bring like-minded people together, like magic happens. And we see that at a bigger scale now at, at, the, at the bigger event that we're doing. And uh, in 2019, we, we welcomed 2,000 people. In 2020 was the pandemic, so we did a hybrid event, which I'm not a big fan of, uh, no, yeah. of online events. And in 2021, we welcomed over 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. And in 2022, last year, we welcomed over 5,000 people. And this year, we, the event will be on, uh, like, we'll take it to the next level with over 8,000 attendees, but also the experience will be uh, upgraded even more. And uh, and again, like this project for us, uh, because also Dushan and myself and my sister, we're having different activities. Again, like the, the motivation was intrinsic to support our country uh, and to bring like-minded people together. The doers. Uh, the doers. I love we, that. Our claim is doers united. Uh, we really believe in the power of doing because once you start doing things, then uh, you see uh, the progress. And uh, and. 
through Reflect, during the pandemic, we had a lot of time, you know, like to think, <laughs> home. So um, we wanted to create a non-profit, to found a non-profit organization that we we attract the whole st- all the stakeholders of the ecosystem. That's why we came up with the name Tech Island, and I would like to elaborate mm. why we call Jeez, it Tech yeah. Island. Uh, with Dushan, and then I invited some other friends like Alexei Kubarev, who is an entrepreneur and founder himself, and few others, a few other people, and uh, we we found the Tech Island, which currently represents 300 tech companies based on the island, uh, which uh, employ 20, over 25,000 employees, and uh, we have been helping the government uh, with policy making and introducing new inset- incentives for the tech sector. On our board, we have uh, founders and CEOs of the largest tech companies uh, in Cyprus. And uh, we have also uh, donated over 4 million euro in different initiatives uh, in mm-hmm. Cyprus. Some of them were like for crisis relief and some others uh, for ecosystem building activities. And uh, yes, and we call it Tech Island because, in my opinion, we shouldn't copy any other tech ecosystem. We can't be the Silicon Valley, we can't be the Tel Aviv. Cyprus has a unique offering. Mm-hmm. And uh, we call it Tech Island because we have this up-and-coming tech ecosystem with really like interesting companies based on the island with real substance, with over 1,000 employees, 500 employees, and we want to promote uh, more these uh, this, this, uh, this companies. Uh, and, the, and the second thing is that we also have like uh, a lot of talent, especially after the, the war on Ukraine. Uh, we welcome even more talent from the neighboring like countries. And uh, the second part is the island, because literally, well, we are an island. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's also a more uh, it's a metaphor because it's the it uh, symbolizes the way of living, right? Uh, that how I described it previously in Cyprus. I think you can have really good quality of life. I don't want to mention all the benefits of Cyprus, but the combination of these two is quite unique. At the same time, Cyprus location is on the crossroads of three mm-hmm. continents. I believe one of the emerging markets is the Middle East, and the Middle Eastern companies eventually they will want access to Europe, and the European companies they will want access to the Middle East. So Cyprus can be a really good bridge of these two, of these two continents, and also Africa, which uh, I think companies they want to have offices uh, cl- with the close proximity to their main yeah. like activities. So I think Cyprus has this unique offering and. Uh, Yes, and I believe Cyprus uh, will become the tech island of Europe and will be eventually recognized globally as the tech island. Is Are you finding, um, I mean, because obviously we've got some of these companies opening, well, yeah. coming to move to their offices at Trilogy as well um, in the coming months. And I just wanted to ask, in terms of the whole process mm-hmm. of, setting up their companies, headquartering, bringing people over, finding accommodation for them. Is that part and parcel of of some of your other ventures or do Mm -hmm. you leave that to Mm -hmm. other groups like Invest Cyprus? Are you working collectively? How does it work? uh, For example, for my real estate activities, uh, it's not related because we focus on short-term accommodation. Uh, for Reflect, obviously, like it's a platform that we promote Cyprus. We try to improve the the image of Cyprus because we have 
guests coming from all over the world, mm. and they're really impressed when they come here. They don't believe what they see, really. And uh, and uh, through Reflect, we saw many synergies. We saw companies relocating to Cyprus, and we're collaborating with all the governmental entities and uh, to support also their own their own efforts. So yeah. I think, I mean, with Reflect, this you're, you're basically taking over the town, yeah. aren't you? It's yes. become like a bit of a, um, a, a little bit like the Limassol Marathon. When Reflect yeah. Festival is on, the whole yeah. city of Limassol is taken over by this amazing vibe. Mm-hmm. And it's something, it's something new for us because it's something mm-hmm. more more young, pioneering, yes. a lot of innovation. So um, I, I'm going to have to steer the conversation a little bit because I... Um, you know, in my uh, middle-aged mind, mis- <laughs> misinterpreted the word tech and for for technology. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, Reflect Festival uh, yeah. obviously covers a spectrum of topics, yeah. which we don't need to go into because I will provide links for all the programs yeah. and details. But obviously, there's things like real estate, wellness, mental health, it, mm-hmm. it's all there, which is great. Yep. I saw some great presentations last year about human resources mm-hmm. and contributing and s- sustainability society, all of these mm-hmm. things. Um, I wanted to ask you about AI. Yeah. Because if anybody can answer my question, yeah. it's you. So we know that um, recently is, is Jeffrey Hinton um, mm-hmm. resigned from uh, Google and he's like known as the godfather of AI. Yeah. And then I was also listening to one of my favorite uh, podcasts, The Diary of a CEO, the other day, and they were interviewing Mo Gordat, who's uh, the uh, Google X CBO, mm-hmm. ex Google X CBO. Yeah. Now, he was quoted as actually saying um, that I will use a polite word, we messed up, mm-hmm. that we released AI out there into the world before we were ready. Mm-hmm. Something about that it being similar to good parenting and bad parenting, he actually went as far as to say, now this is, honestly, I get goosebumps <laughs> saying it because it, it freaks me out a little yeah. bit. He said, if you haven't had children yet, I would think twice. Because life as we know it, he said, <laughs> is over. So that's a little bit yeah. grim. Yeah. And uh, from people like you who are in the know and who are excited about change, Mm-hmm. How do you interpret all of this recent publicity? Yes. You know, I've been studying like AI from university. It was something completely new back then. And I understood that the technology is growing exponentially. I mean, yeah. the, I don't know if you're aware of Moore's Law, that, um, you know, like every single year, the technology is, is evolving on an ex- exponential rate. And I think we, we're just in the start. We're going to see like uh, more advancements year after year. And uh, for me, AI, personally, I'm using it on a daily basis. I think technology, uh, including AI, uh, fundamentally, like, it helps you with less input to get more output, right? So, like, I was also listening to a podcast recently, and uh, they were saying that the first, uh, we're going to see in the next uh, few years, the first billion-dollar company that is founded by three, so, like, operated by just three persons, uh, before you had, in order to build a billion dollar <laughs> company, you needed thousands of people. Yeah. Then you know, like few hundreds. For example, Instagram was sold for one billion just with fourteen employees, and now we'll be at the at the stage that we'll be able to build billion dollar companies with just three people. And the fourth, let's say, uh, like stakeholder will be technology and AI. 
I think also like the, even the founder of OpenAI admitted that we don't know. This might be also dangerous for the next years. But uh, I think uh, personally I'm more positive. Excited, I think technology yeah. throughout the years, because we need to understand what technology is. For me, technology is something that is new and it's uh, it hasn't be like it hasn't gone mainstream. For example, fire was technology one day. It was something completely disruptive, like thousands of years ago. And uh, like computers were like a technology or even cars, right? Cars was a technology yeah. back then. And now it's, <laughs> it's something we're using passe, every single yeah. day. I believe like also with AI, like uh, it's a bit unknown now, like any other technology we had in the past hundred mm. years, like or thousands of years. And, uh, and eventually I think people... You know they will use it for the good, for, for you know for good purposes. But at the same time, obviously, or some like they will use it misuse, for misuse yeah, it as well. But I'm quite positive because I think also with technology, like it's uh, helping us to to live a better life. Just think that uh, we have the access to information, like more access than the president of the U.S. had like 10, 15 years ago. With ten dollars, we can eat food made by a chef delivered to your doorstep you know you have your own personal um, chauffeur with yeah. apps like uber and 30 years ago to have your own chauffeur you had to be an aristocrat or like mm, super medical, rich medical yeah. hospitals, medical yeah, access equipment. to information i think uh, i see technology as a power of good rather than evil. if it's used correctly if i think and i think yeah. that was going to be my uh, my ultimate question on I mean, because in, in other countries, they're saying, you know, you need to, governments need to mm -hmm. start thinking yes. about regulate taking it, yeah. measures, not just to regulate it, but when people start mm -hmm. losing jobs, yeah. what next? Yeah. So I think, I would assume this is the kind of advancement that we can rely on yes. people <laughs> like you to figure out yeah. for us all. But um, yeah, I think in, in Cyprus, I've seen, well, I think we all have, we've seen a rapid change over yeah. the pandemic. We've had to rely on technology to digitize, to progress. So yeah. hopefully, with all of this change, um, we can put ourselves on a similar pace as the rest of the world. Yeah. You're positive that that's doable, are you? Yes, I'm positive. You're going, I'm to, a, you're going to drive it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not, you know, like also an AI expert. I'm not involved in AI, yeah. but uh, I believe that technology companies are the one who will help, you know, like uh, the world. To move forward and these companies are driven by entrepreneurs like 50 years ago the entrepreneurs i i call them business people you know yeah. they were doing things like let's say like oil you know they were in the like producing oil or this kind of businesses but i think in the past 20 years we've seen entrepreneurs which are motivational is intrinsic and they really want to have impact And I can name few, you know, like from Elon Musk to the founders of Google, etc. So I think uh, these people, they will try to improve uh, the world. Rather Entrepreneurs, than you're not necessarily all managers and leaders. I mean, yeah. how involved are you in the business? Are you there the whole time? Uh, <laughs> I ask yeah. after seeing you come yes. in with your mobile. Yes, I think uh, it's not an indicator of success if you're too busy. Yeah. Currently, I'm too busy, unfortunately. However, we're constantly hiring people in order to, you know, like uh, also give them the opportunity to grow. And because also we need, I need, you know, in my company, we need people that are better than us 
as well. So right. identifying uh, yes. that you can't do everything. Yes. So bringing in skills. And the, I think in the main traits that we're looking for, like for me, accountability is really, really important. And uh, in Cyprus, I think we started to improve that mm. more. I always say that that whenever I go to a restaurant and I complain about something, the first thing they tell me is that okay, I will tell it to the manager. Right, they don't take this accountability <laughs> on them. Also, we see this in politics and other parts of the society. So, accountability is really important, and also to have really good judgment. So, yeah. you see, everything you've mentioned today goes back to yeah. mentality, and I think I, I certainly feel that I've seen a lot of change over the last couple of decades. So. It's, it's looking more positive and obviously there's a lot of international influence as well now. What do you think when you're talking to people or these yeah. uh, founders, entrepreneurs that come from abroad, yeah. what, it, what is their view of Cyprus? I mean, when they just arrive, are they yeah. well educated or is it a struggle mm -hmm. to get them to yeah. engage? A few of them, um, of the companies, the founders of companies who are based here, they're in Cyprus for the past 20 years. Okay and they love Cyprus equally or maybe more than we love our own country. And I think Cyprus is becoming inclusive because as a country we're always mm. like welcoming, I think is one of the traits of Cypriots. And uh, Cyprus is becoming very inclusive, very cosmopolitan, especially our city like Limassol, and they really love it. I mean, they, they have never lived similar lifestyle. And Cyprus offers them the... Um, a great way of living that they can work, they can play, they can innovate from here, they can raise their families. But at the same time, there are a lot of challenges. Like, for example, in Limassol, we don't have enough schools. We don't have mm. enough residential units. Some people complain about this, but for me, this is an opportunity, right? This is an opportunity. It indicates growth for, for Cyprus. And, uh, yes, and I think uh, these companies and the tech sector is building wealth. Because in Cyprus, unfortunately, uh, we were a very st status-driven society. Mm. You know, like uh, we go to football games and we fight. <laughs> we literally like fight with each other. Or politics, you know, like they're winners, they're losers. But in entrepreneurship and mainly the tech sector, it's, uh, you know, it's building wealth. And when you build wealth, wealth is for everyone. All these tech companies, also like uh, companies like Cybarco, by building a nice project, it creates a lot of positive externalities for the society. Mm. And unfortunately, we haven't understood that yet. So uh, I think we need to be happy because uh, all these activities that are happening uh, in Cyprus indicate growth, and mm. I think we haven't seen the growth yet. Yeah. Of course, there are some challenges with the, with the high rentals. Mm. However, the main issue is is that we need to accelerate the governmental processes. Because myself, I currently have five projects that I'm waiting permissions <laughs> for the past two, yeah. three years. To and just by, by giving the permissions faster, you increase the supply. It's a basic economic idea that is demand and supply, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, uh, yeah, like the government should also incentivize uh, more investors, like to invest more, so we to increase the supply. So I think it's uh, that's how we're going to also stabilize and and uh, and bring the market to to correct the market with the rental prices. One one common goal so that yeah. we can work together. I mean, the the benefit we we talk about it all the time. It's just a case of doers. We need more yeah. doers. Mm -hmm. So tell me um, just a little bit about the 
the the hotel mm -hmm. renovations and yes. uh, working spaces. It'd be good to yes. understand what the what the purpose behind those was. Yes. Yeah, so uh, in real estate, we in our portfolio we have also five listed buildings that we're restoring. Uh, they are the harder uh, like uh, properties mm. to to renovate. For example, Hart Hotel, which is close from from this studio. Uh, it took us four years to get the planning permission wow. and 18 months to deliver it. We're finishing it now in the next 10 days. It's called Heart Hotel. So we're creating also our own brands. We operate them themselves, ourselves. They are quite small hotels. Uh, Heart Hotel Limassol is just 11 rooms. But we invested a lot in the, in the experience of the, of the, of, of, of the guest. And also we have a quite unique view of the church of Hagia Triada. Oh, nice. And uh, Heart Hotels will focus on, uh, uh, basically we're restoring historic buildings and converting them into hotels. Then we have some other brands that will be announced soon uh, in the hospitality like sector, uh, offering uh, short-term and flexible um, rentals in, in Limassol and also in Athens. And uh, working spaces... Uh, we started it uh, with a really good friend of mine, uh, Yorgos uh, from Greece, which uh, we, who we have like together um, a venture studio. Mm -hmm. So we said to s we we decided to start with a co-working space because uh, we can uh, find talent at these spaces. So we have one in Athens and one in Limassol. Uh, in Athens is around 700 square meters, but in Limassol is quite small. It's just 200 square meters for now, but we want to expand it. And uh, it's located in the Limassol Agora. And for me also, <laughs> it was quite interesting to for this project because currently it's, um, it's fully booked. And uh, my goal is to bring more people to the old city to yeah. work from here. You know, like uh, there are a lot of challenges like parking again and a few others. And I'm a big believer that Limassol city center should be uh, like, uh, should become a pedestrian street. I think... By fixing the roads, you're creating more problems because you attract more cars, and we need to have less cars and more parking. In, yes, and more <laughs> yeah, exactly more parking. So we need to, uh, like any European city, right? Like uh, so, uh, my personal vision and ambition is that I can contribute to that, uh, working with the local authorities in order to encourage this um, this project. And I think many of the other investors and also real estate developers are supporting this uh, this idea. It's amazing now. You walk through Limassol and there's people on scooters yeah, with their yeah. little backpacks yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's car sharing. It's like, yes. It's amazing how much things have changed. Yeah. I love it. I mean, we we also recently uh, released um, uh, some residences, an apartment block near Molos, and, of course, mm, that nice. was targeting the young yes. entrepreneurs and the, nice. the, the gaming companies, the tech companies, because these are Europeans who mm. come here and have a different expectation of life. Yeah. They don't want to be in a neighborhood near the highway with yeah. a big garden. They want a nice self-contained yeah. little studio with their scooter, easy access. And they're, they're more, uh, how can I say, they're more self-sufficient in the sense that it's like they will uh, go onto the internet and decide which beaches to visit. Yeah. They're very proactive. So it's lovely to see um, that community growing. The, um, yep. And yeah. the most interesting thing about our projects, we have currently 15 projects in, in a diameter of 500 meters. So we're creating a lot of synergies between nice. the buildings. Uh, yes, I really enjoy like doing that. 
You need to build something for um, like a student accommodation for yeah. people my age <laughs> who don't have yeah. children or a family, yeah. but mm-hmm. it, it can be quite lonely. You know, I know yeah. a lot of people as well who are, you know, divorced mm. or separated yeah. now and they miss company. They miss having company yes. and it would be great to have... Yeah the possibility of living in something that's more of a community rather than yeah. stuck on your own in an apartment or a house somewhere. I think loneliness is a big issue. Well, uh, yeah. We don't talk about it a lot, but I think it's affecting a lot of our like mm. mental health. So, yeah, I think uh, cities should bring the people together, should design the also everything around the city in a democratic way, yeah. you know? So... Yeah, I think like projects like the like Molos and the Old Port where we're doing also our event is bringing people together. Mm. And I was reading also recently, like, um, uh, actually I reread it because it was an amazing book. Uh, I got it from Dubai. It's called Sheikh CEO. Um, that uh, basically, um, okay, like the Sheikh said, let's build it and people will come, right? So I think this is the same what's happening in Limassol also with the Molos. Uh, everyone was saying, I remember that, but who's going to like work there? Who's going to use the molos? Wow. But now it's Can't even imagine with life people, without it, yeah. You know, like every, every single day. So, yeah. So let's talk a little bit then about your vision and predictions yeah. uh, for Cyprus. Mm-hmm. Not, not just in terms of entrepreneurship, but mm-hmm. on... On a general um, level, are you feeling, obviously you're feeling quite positive, uh, but how do you think things are going to pan out in the next five years? Yeah. First of all, I think uh, we need a CEO to run the country and (laughs) also the the cities. I think politicians, they they have a different kind of like management style. For example, also you can't fire anyone in the government. And I think there are great people working with the government, but Mm. some some parts of the government are really broken. It's affecting like uh, business, it's affecting also the citizens. So the first thing I would like to see in the next, let's say, decade is that we have someone more entrepreneurial, someone who's a CEO for the country. That's the one thing I'll say. The second one, I think is inevitable, it will happen, will become a tech island. We'll have even more companies. Just the past like year, we, we welcomed over 5,000 talent in in cyprus and also a lot of them in limassol um so yeah like uh, the one is the is the the leader of the country the second one i think definitely become uh, a tech hub that uh, and this tech i mean the tech sector will support all the other sectors of the economy the tourism sector the real real estate sector uh, and the service uh, services sector uh, the third thing I believe that Cyprus, uh, what will happen in the next, let's say, ten years, an entire from ten years, I think will be recognized globally as a destination to visit. We see projects also like the the casino and like the Lanidis Green and a few other like projects in Limassol, also all over like Cyprus. Uh, so I think Cyprus will become a destination. Uh, but we need more connection flights. So I think one of the things we need to do is to increase our connectivity to near to neighboring uh, countries, and not only. I think if we had a direct flight to the U.S. and from the U.S. to Cyprus, we're gonna have wow, a lot of Americans yeah. because <laughs> Americans, whenever they're here, they love mm-hmm. they love Cyprus because, for example, we would take for example our city Limassol. Uh, it's some it's a it's a coastal metropolis. It's something between a town and a the metropolis, metro, metropolis. 
So I think, uh, yeah, these are the three of the predictions, I will say. Let's see. You've, in the you've next answered two questions yes, in one. In, yeah. the, in the next 10 years. Um, I think also the locals, the Limassolians, will be able to afford an apartment on the 18th floor of a building. This will be inevitable because then developers, they will they will become even more sophisticated Sophisticated for that. For example, like even like uh, Cybarco, you have built like Trilogy. Uh, so the next project, you you leverage uh, on the skills and the judgment yes, yeah. that you you and the mistakes you maybe you have you have done, and uh, also I think the supply will increase and eventually the Cypriot who buys a 450 or 400,000 euro apartments uh, in in a three floors building eventually they will buy it mm. on the 18th floor. So like I think Limas Cypriots should be a bit more patient. Because the um, they consider it as side effects, but I think these side An effects eventually will support the, the yeah. locals. And I think we also need to be more proud of our country. And uh, and when you go to the Middle East, like in Saudi or UAE or Qatar, the locals are the most respected. And sometimes, like I mean, the foreigners respect us, but we don't respect ourselves. So we need to respect more, I believe like uh, our ourselves and be more proud for our country and don't complain because <laughs> <laughs> because uh, negative well, energy at least is if you're going to complain do yeah. yeah yeah it's good to have a solution for a problem yeah. rather than yes. just sit and, and mull over and there it. is a very famous poem by Gavafis, Ipolis, which means the mm -hmm. city which the hero of the poem was uh, really devastated and he was complaining that the city he lives in you know, it's like really bad, etc. But when he left and he went to another city, he realized that the problem wasn't the city. The it city was, was himself. Yes. All the problems, he, was, he carried all the problems wherever he... Yes. So the problem, I believe, is not, you know, like Cyprus, Limassol. It's, uh, it's ourselves. And I see a lot of people that are complaining that even now, like in Cyprus, where there are no any jobs, you know, but okay, like I encourage them go to London and try to get a job there, we'll like and become a, a manager like in London because we're looking also for managerial like mm. uh, jobs. But I think it's fine to start from the bottom. This is how you're gonna learn. So I also encourage the youngsters if they want to work for someone, go and start from the bottom because you will improve even further. You know. So yeah. Tell me then if you if you had to um, describe Cyprus in three words, what it means yeah. to you. What three are words. those three words? Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So I can I can uh, tell you one word. I think the one word that means a lot. There's so many other words around it. I think I mean for me Cyprus is is home. And what is home? Home I think is where your heart belongs, and it belongs here. My memories, my childhood, my family, my friends, you know. And I think, yeah, like the one word is home. And that's why I think also I put all of my heart for Cyprus because it's my home. And, uh, yeah, I think that's one, that one word can say a lot. Uh, what about you? What's your... Yeah, I, you think, I think the same for me as well because, I mean, most of us and most of the people that I speak to here, obviously, we've been on a journey. Yeah. We could have all... Uh, had a, a, a quite a happy, fulfilled life elsewhere. But it, it's that difference between um, being 
satisfied that you've succeeded and you've ticked all the boxes and yeah. that that art of fulfillment which is yeah. just the feeling that you're where you want to be because at the end of the day we can travel we can leave mm. cyprus whenever we want but if you don't have that sense of fulfillment that you're living a life that's true to yourself and the people you love it's all a little bit pointless yeah, isn't yeah, it so yeah true. i think for me as well it would be home and uh, i really i actually wanted i didn't want to close this podcast without asking about your sister because your yeah. relationship must yeah. be quite magical because yes. you've done all of this together yes yeah, so we started uh, when i was 19 my sister was 20 ah you're not twins i was going to say no, no, you must no. be twins Actually, you're one, so well one and a half years older older than okay. me so we started our first venture hard cyprus together and also a media company we had and then we started investing our first profits together in real estate and uh, yes and we are very close uh, together uh, i'm very close with my family yeah. like also with my parents also both of my parents They are entrepreneurs. And, okay, uh, I was going to say, how up, did that yeah, happen? Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, and also our parents, they encourage us to fail from a young age. And I nice. think, uh, yeah, like I'm grateful that um, I grew up with, like, you know, with this, uh, with my parents. And yeah, my sister is, uh, we have a really, really good uh, relationship. It's lovely that, isn't it? The yeah. sense of acceptance. Yeah. Now, now that I have a niece, obviously, I'm watching how... Um, selfish quote unquote children are because they yeah. think the whole world revolves around them so when something's going wrong yeah. and you reprimand them they mm. think they that it's their fault that there's yeah. something wrong with them and that's how insecurities build yeah. so to have parents that are accepting no matter what you do and they yeah. don't and they they don't sort of single you out for failing is something yes. that is quite invaluable actually and yeah. and i i feel quite grateful for that as well So uh, I want to say, um, I wish I could say actually that we've got another hour, but we don't. So I just want to say thank you very much yes, because you, I, I find I find you represent everything that's really kind of like hopeful about Cyprus and change. And I would I would encourage anybody um, to just kind of switch to the doer mode. Uh, because at the end of the day, we're here for one short life, aren't we? And yes. it's a case of if you think you can't do something, just try and see what happens. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so thank, thank you very much. Thank you, thank Sophia, you for, for inviting time. me. Thank you. I would like to say uh, that we've got more episodes coming up this summer, of course. And please don't forget to follow and subscribe. And I'm going to put links to the Heart Group and Heart Cypress and all the other amazing things we've been talking about today on the podcast Thank you very much for joining us. See you for the next episode. Destination Cyprus, brought to you by Cybarco.